burdens. Weight of the world. Troubles, trials, temptations. This week, today, the next four weeks, beginning in January for the whole next year. Whether it's from the world or from our own making, many of you this morning, if you were to be honest, would admit that you got a lot of baggage you brought in here. Oh, it may not be as self-evident as my baggage this morning, but it's still real. The pain in the neck, sore back, painful memory of somebody or something. It's a word that you received that was spoken to you that hurt you, and yet you never let on, but you've never let go. It's an event in your life that you wished had never been a part of your life, and yet you couldn't be in control. You wished it hadn't happened. You prayed it wouldn't happen, and yet it still did. It took a piece of you, maybe more than a piece, something you'll never get over, and yet it was still there, and it's still here today. We try to get rid of those burdens. Everybody tells us that's what we're supposed to do. And ever so often, you leave one behind thinking, yes, I got rid of it, only to realize you got rid of it to go back and pick it up. And with all the burdens that you were carrying, you realize, well, I need one more. Oh, and one more. And can you give me one more? You inflict it upon ourselves. We complain about the burdens, and yet we go ask for more. And then there's that other element which we didn't display this morning where some would just pop up and start piling it on without you asking. It's real. Let's don't sit here and lie. If I handed out a sheet of paper right now this morning and asked you, list your burdens, your first thought was, well, if he's going to read these, I better make it the good burdens. No. Be honest. God knows. And there it is. Start at a young age. From toddlers even before, we burden our children. Or allow our children to be burdened. Why? Because they look at us and we are their example. We are their witness. So what else are they learning other than from someone that's walking with burdens in their life? Oh, we're in the church. We can let go and let God, as they say. And maybe we do for just a few brief moments. Let go and let God. And we fellowship 
And as we start out the door, all of a sudden we run back in and grab those burdens because I've become really comfortable with them. And as much as I don't like them, I can't leave them here. i got to take them with me because if I leave them here, nobody will take care of them. And nobody can take care of them like me. Well, you see how well that looks. Let's look at what the Bible says. If you'll turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Lengthy scripture, but we need to read it all. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble. The Bible says we're not to worry. We'll all shake our heads yes this morning, amen? Because I just read it. If you're not shaking your head, you didn't listen. That's what the Bible says. But the Bible is not just presented to us to hear. It's presented by God himself as a love letter of instruction for us to learn from and then apply to our lives. Now, I'm realistic. I have burdens that I fail to give up. I struggle with worry sometimes, and anxiousness too, if you know me well at all. And as I thought about this week, as I thought about this year, as I've thought about the last two years, and the faces and the stories that have been shared with me, I thought, isn't it amazing that for a few hours, and really, I'll put a, a a caveat around for a few hours because I know that out there somewhere 
Thanksgiving wasn't good in the house. You, you get what I mean? There was a family somewhere where the family just didn't gel, but they all thought they should get together because if they don't come together, everybody else will think they're the smuck because they didn't get together, and so they're going to come together. And what did they do? They came together to make sure everybody's Thanksgiving was awful. But they're thankful. But how many Sundays... Week in and week out, that the churches are filled with a body of believers and then some that come in looking really fancy and smiling from ear to ear. And when they're asked, How are you today? I am fine. How are you? When in essence, they're lying through their teeth because they're carrying the burdens of their life and the burdens of their family's life and the burdens of the world with them. When the Bible tells us that the creator of all is the best burden carrier of all. People look at me and go, but Mark, that's just Bible talk. I'm going to tell you what, if it's Bible talk, I'm going to listen to it. Somebody was telling me a story this week that they met up with somebody or just ran into somebody in the store. And, and there was a conversation, which was a cool conversation. Someday I'll have them share it as a testimony. But they were saying they was Jesified. How many of you want to be Jesus-fied? Amen. Hallelujah. See, most of you won't even raise your hands because you're afraid. Are we supposed to raise our hands in this church or not? Did I put deodorant on or not? Do I have a hole in my shirt or not? We're amongst family, folks, if you haven't figured it out. We better be a family that is non-condoning, non-judgmental, because we should be of anybody loving Forgiving, supportive, encouragement, providing hope, lifting up, not tearing down, caring if necessary, pushing, pulling, whatever the case is. We're the family of God, amen? It's time we act like the family of God. And it goes right back to this burden stuff. Some people can't see the light of day because of the burdens of which they carry. And we need to understand that the people we run into day in and day out may not be that all smiley person that they're letting on to be. Their heart may be broken. Their mind may be in turmoil. Their body may be thrust in pain. We need to be open and honest and willing to meet people where they are, not where we want them to be or where it's convenient for us to have them. My heart broke this morning on the way to worship. I was driving down 31, and, on, and I was focused, as you all know, when I get, I, in fact, I got so focused the other day, and Terry and I were talking about it. We were ordering something for one of our kids for Christmas, and we ordered it from a, a store nearby. And, it, and I told her, I said, hey, it says it'll be delivered by tomorrow if we have it shipped. And we both looked at it and said, you've got to be kidding. There is no way it'll get here tomorrow. I mean, within 24 hours or less. And so we're talking about this. I said, let's try it. What, what, what do you got to lose? So I hit the button and did it. The next morning when we're discussing the layout of the day, what we needed to accomplish and all the tasks, we both looked at each other and she goes, yep, and we got to go to Noblesville to pick up that gift for 
for our son. So that was in our schedule. You see the story here? I walked into, I let her off at the grocery store. I went down to the other store. I walked in there. They said, hey, sir, can we help you? I said, yes, you can. I did an online order. I just need to pick it up. I already paid for it. They said, come on over. Give me your number. I gave them the number, and she's going. She goes, give that to me again. I gave it to her again. She's going. She goes, do you have the little tracking thing? And I said, yeah. She goes, the barcode? I said, yeah. Here. She did that, and she goes. Sir, it says this is being delivered today to your house. That's right. Thank you very much. I got out of there as quick as I could before she really thought I was nuts. We did it online together. We talked about it together. The next morning, we put it in our schedule, both of us. And I still went to the store to pick it up because my mind was going in one way and not looking at everything else. As I was coming down 31 on the other side of the road going south was a, a gentleman with pushing a bike with his winter coat on. And at that point, I'm going, God, what do I do? Do I whip it around right here and turn and go over and say, how can I help you? And then all of a sudden, Satan's going, but what if, what if, Mark? You need to get to church. you got stuff to get done and get ready and so on and so forth. What if I'm late to church? What if they don't have a preacher? you got to go praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But, and I tell you this morning, as not a good witness, as one with a broken heart, I did not turn around. I did not go see how he was. I did not offer to put his bike in my trunk and take him to wherever he could. The Bible speaks literally. I, I believe. Oh, there's figurative language in the Bible as well. But when you feel it in your heart, that's the voice of God guiding and directing. Look with me at Philippians as we continue to see what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God just doesn't tell us something flippantly. He tells us something because he means it and because it has value in your and my life. And he goes on here, he says, be anxious for nothing. And we kind of stop and think, oh my gosh, that's not humanly possible. Well, it's not humanly possible, but it's spiritually possible through God, amen? And he goes on to say, but in everything. So he tells you, don't be anxious. And then he tells you how. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So when you start to be anxious, when we start to be anxious, the way to curtail that doesn't make it go away, doesn't change the situation, but the way to curtail that is what? By God's word, the creator of you and me, he says, pray about it, and in supplication with thanksgiving, i.e. asking with thanksgiving, that that burden would be taken away or, or God's will would be done and, and he would help you through it, 
Let your request be made known to God. How do we curtail that anxiousness? We curtail it by seeking God and his wisdom and his strength and his direction. And then what? By acting on it. It's not easy. It's not easy. A couple weeks ago, I spent an hour, two hours with a mom and dad that had tragically lost their son, 35 years old leaving two small grandchildren behind. I couldn't make it go away. I couldn't change it. What I could do is bring the peace that surpasses all understanding by sharing that God loved them and knew exactly where they were at that moment in their lives. And He, He offers to help them through that dark valley they were in. He The valley wouldn't go away, but he would walk with them through that valley, but they must come to him. He would not force himself on them. How many of us here this morning have burdens that we can't let go of or haven't let go of because we try to do it on our own instead of looking to the God of all creation to help us? The Bible says, ask for wisdom. I'll give you wisdom. Not so that you can be smart and have degrees, but so that you can take that wisdom, put it into action into your life, so that it makes every bad thing go away. No, this is life in the world in which we live because sin entered it. But we as the church must be the witness and the testimony to not only speaking the word of God, but living the word of God. And we, he brings us together to do it together. When I am so weak, I can't. You need to be there by, beside me to grab me and say, Mark, let's get, we're going to get you through it. We can do this. To pray for me. And that was the one element this morning that I, I thought about. It didn't happen. And this is not, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. But when I was stumbling around with all these bags, I know what your thought was. Some of you might even thought, I should go help him. But nobody did. Why? Oh, if I get up out of my pew, everybody will think I'm crazy and I'm, gonna, I'm going to ruin the worship service. We're so comfortable where we're at with Jesus that we've stopped being Jesified. Isn't it true? We're so afraid of everybody else and what everybody else will think that even in the confines of the place to worship God, we won't move by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen some of you, and I'm so excited and love you all so much. I know many of you have gotten up out of your pews when you've seen somebody struggling in another pew and sat with them. Not just for a minute, but maybe for the whole service. I've seen you check in on each other. I see you taking attendance in your own head so that you can reach out and say, hey, they haven't been here for a couple weeks. I need to call them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But we need to do that constantly, consistently, intentionally in our lives. Oh, the reaction? If you want a life full of excitement, guess how the world's going to react to that? Walking into Walmart going, where's that greeter? She's always here. Where's she at? I want to know. Why do you want to know? Because I like her and I'm concerned about her and I just want to be there for her. They would look at me like, let's call security. Maybe these are extremes. 
But maybe we need to go to extremes to get us knocked back to where. Church, we've become too comfortable. We've, we've become too churchy. At the sake of Jesify. I like that word if you haven't. Look with me in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. An invitation above all invitations. Come to me. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does it say anywhere in that verse that he'll take it away? It says, I will give you rest. He doesn't even approach the specific, but what he says is, if you're burdened and heavy laden and weary, come to me and I'll give you rest. He'll give you rest in the midst of the storm. In ways that we can't or ever fathom. But that's his promise. And how many promises has God ever missed? This is audience participation. None. Zero. Nada. Zip. And all those other words. Look with me at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. Now understand the background. Timothy being younger is now receiving encouragement from his mentor. He's away from his mentor. He's receiving encouragement for all the struggles and trials, specifically of ministry, but also physical things that would happen as well. And this is the words that he gives to Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. That's the coach saying, go get him. But before he says, go get him, I want to remind you, you have been given by God himself, not a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. It don't get any better than that. So how do we get through these burdens? By seeking God. And as easy as we want to say that is just Bible language or Bible talk, Bible talk is life. Bible talk is life everlasting. Bible talk is life-changing, life-providing, life-sustaining, life-encouraging. In your deepest, darkest hours of your life, pick up the Bible and read the Scriptures. Because the shepherd, the great shepherd, is there through the words of God to meet you. But how do we? See, I think it's important that as the church... We not only talk about the ills and the evils of what's going on and what is a part of life, but that we take the next step and practically teach 
not in and of my own, hey, here's my five special ways and my book's right out there and my CD's over there. No. But what does the Bible say? The creator who created us, he didn't put us here to live a life full of burdens that we can't dismiss or at least deal with and move on and let go. The word of God. First and foremost, we're to ask for God's help. I was, I'm reading a book by Kyle Edelman, and I'm going to share a story in a minute from there, but, and I can't tell you the title because I always get it mixed up. Great book. I'll get some for anybody that wants to read it. We'll ask for anybody else's help. And I put this caveat with that because he has a story in there. In fact, he has, he's republished in the book a psychological study done on men. Guys know where we're going? How many men in here this morning have ever been lost that you'll admit? I was never lost. I was just going another scenic route. I knew where I was all the time. I just wanted to see if she'd say anything. I knew we'd get the text. Kyle Edelman, that was him. I never asked for directions, his wife. So he thought for this book he would look at the psychological studies on men, and guess what? He thought the psychological studies would back him up, and they just tore him down about not asking for directions. But in the family of faith, we're quick to say, well, ask God about it. Or go to God. What we ought to do is say, let's go to God right now. You and me, let's pray right here, right now. When you're on that phone call and you can hear the hurt on the other end of the line, what's stopping you from saying, hey, before we hang up, let's pray. I know it's not sitting down, folding hands, closing your eyes, sitting next to somebody, but I, the last I checked in the Word of God, prayer goes through the phone just as much as it does anywhere else. Amen? Oh, there's, there's definitely an attribute of being together physically. God created us to do that. But if I can't do that, then I need to still follow through with, with prayer. We need to ask for God's help. If there's anybody here this morning or online that is without all burdens, that your life is just burden-free and you just are just cozy-dozy, then please call me right after this or come see me because I want to know. Because I don't think I've ever met, other than maybe a newborn infant, you know, those little cuddly things when they smell good before they do all that other stuff. That's as perfect as a burden-free life I've ever seen. And if that's the case, then what are the rest of us doing with our burdens? Are we just going to keep carrying them around, packing them on, Picking them up, adding more, letting people add more. First, practical helps. Ask for God's help. There, we just read the scriptures. That's what he asked. Number two, ask the Lord to fill your heart with a sense of his abiding love. All you got in that heart at that moment with the burdens is just burden stuff, right? Anxiousness, confusion, anger, uh, hurt, whatever the case is, it's just burdened with all that stuff. So ask the Lord to fill your heart with a sense of his abiding love. Because when you ask him, what does he do? This is when you guys. He answers prayer. So if you ask him to fill your heart with abiding love, what does God want to do? 
too much turkey. Too much turkey. He, he wants to fill, because you've asked, he, he wants to fill your heart with abiding love, and he'll do that because he promises to do that. But the other clicker is, is that you have to then be willing to let that abiding love come in. You can't say, God, I need abiding love. Stop! Because he'll stop. Because he didn't create us to be robots. If we're going to let God in, it's because we choose to let God in. That's the whole freedom of choice. So ask for God's help. Ask sooner the better. Ask the Lord to fill your heart with a sense of his abiding love. Did anybody fathom God's love here this morning? It's it, for whatever we're fathoming right now, and I can just see the, the fathoming coming out of all of your heads. Whatever you're fathoming, take it times cabillions. Because his love is so much more than I could, or us as a group could ever get together and explain. And if that's the kind of love that we're asking for and he's, he's giving to us into our heart, how can the burdens then rule our lives rather than the love overwhelming the burdens, or at least somewhat? So ask for God's help. Ask to have your heart filled with his abiding love. And number three, because we always do three things in threes or sevens, in the, number three, ask God to give you a sound mind filled with and operating according to God's word. I'll take the first two months. I may not want to do that. Let me read the third one again. Ask God to give you a sound mind. Boy, how many of you need a sound mind? I do. Can I have two helpings of that? Ask God to give you a sound mind. What? Filled with and operating, all, i.e. action, operating According to what? My will? No way. God's will. God's word. And then. I'm not saying they'll go away. I go home, I'm going to put all, well, Terry hopes I'm going to put all this away. I'll put it away. But your burdens you have to deal with. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Uh, he wants us to have a good life, folks. I mean, he went to the cross so that we could have life abundantly. Wow. Really wants us to have a good life. Not according to our will, but according to his will. And his will is his word. And that's where it all begins. Now, I hope some of you will come back this week and tell me that you went out and it went out to lunch today. And the people at the table behind you heard you talking about this crazy preacher throwing suitcases all over the sanctuary. Because I hope that this vision, if it does anything, my prayer is that you'll have this vision when all of a sudden this week the burdens of life start to overcome. And that this vision will then turn you back, not to me, but to God's word. And that you'll ask God quickly help. That you'll ask him to fill your heart with a sense of abiding love. That you'll ask him to give you a sound mind and, and 
fill us with and operating according to God's Word. I pray that at that moment you'll pick up the Word of God and start to read it no matter what time of day it is or where you're at. And I hope you'll be so sensitive, my prayer is you'll be so sensitive that you'll not only just think about yourself, but you'll be sensitive to those around you that are probably weighted down by the burdens of life that they don't want to tell you. Now, don't pry, but just when you know it, just put your hand on their shoulder, maybe not the Walmart lady. Maybe just say, I'm praying for you. God will do the rest.